Modern business is fueled by data, and organizations are finding new and innovative ways to use information. The options are many, and previously unsolvable business problems are now being addressed. Organizations that are successful at doing this will be the winners in the market. Data is constantly expanding, and it can inform internal, external, and federated business processes. Each new initiative can yield improvements in business results. Hello and good day. This is Aaron Goldberg of CIO Marketing Services. Welcome to this episode of our podcast series, Your Data is Your Platform, sponsored by Informatica. Today, we'll focus on the next generation of healthcare and life sciences solutions that will be empowered by an effective use of this data. Today, we are talking with Richard Kramer, Chief Strategist, Healthcare and Life Sciences at Informatica. He'll share proven processes and strategies for building a data layer that will support these organizations. We'll discuss how data must be organized, managed, and delivered to provide the benefits and advantages both today and tomorrow. In addition, we'll touch on the importance of data for supporting regulatory and compliance demands. Richard, welcome to the podcast. Hello, glad to be here. Thrilled to have you. Uh, let's start off kind of with the big picture. What are the biggest trends that are impacting healthcare and life sciences organizations now and into the next year or so? Yeah, and, and the, the place to start is to differentiate a little bit between healthcare and life sciences and answering this question. But, you know, we all share a common interest in doing good things for the consumer and the patient and the member, but the, the trends tend to be segment specific. So if we look at healthcare, uh, you know, payers and providers, it's care delivery innovation is a big one, more care and even acute care moving out of the hospital into the home and other settings with telehealth and hospital at home. It's ecosystem innovation where payers are becoming healthcare services companies, right? No longer simply, uh, you know, selling policies and paying claims, but really getting into the care delivery business as well. Consumer engagement and, and an exceptional consumer experience are first and, and you know, very much front of mind for hospitals and for health plans. Regulation, which is driving, an, really in, in, in the healthcare segment, regulation is driving the liberation of data with price transparency and the CMS interoperability rule. You know, we tend to think of regulation being restrictive of the use of data. And in, in the healthcare segment, regulation is really liberating that data and forcing organizations that have held it close to actually share it. And then really the last one I would cite for healthcare is health equity. Uh, COVID really shown a bright light on a longstanding issue of health equity and using data and using some of these new uh, trends that are happening to really address health equity is a big part of it. If we look at life sciences, again, focusing on things that are really enabled by data and, and the broader use of data, it's accelerating research and development and really sharing data in partnership with what used to be competitors to bring products to market more quickly. It's precision health that's really enabled by genomics. It's innovating supply chains and making them more resilient and efficient. Regulation, again, with accelerated drug approvals, the identification of medicinal products, right? So regulation that's really driving data requirements and the use of data. And then finally, also for life sciences, 
environmental, social, and governance, right? ESG. Again, a big part of that being the health equity equation. So that's what I would say are the big things, and not just, you know, for the next year, but maybe the next three to five years, we're going to see driving our market. Yeah, Richard, that's a really interesting list of items, and certainly you can see kind of the future in them. So given that, you know, the life sciences and healthcare organizations want to get there, what are they investing in and why? First and foremost, they're really investing in data and managing data as an asset. And when I have an opportunity to talk to executives in the healthcare and life sciences market, we really talk about, you know, Informatica's role in delivering accessible, trustworthy, fit-for-purpose data and, and making data useful. And, you know, good examples of where people are investing, Anthem is investing in an enterprise data catalog right? We can't really even begin to manage our data as an asset if we don't know where it is, don't know where it's going, don't know what happens to it in between, and the ability to, to see that lineage, right? So that you have the transparency and the trust. Uh, Eli Lilly, fantastic example where they're investing in a data marketplace, which is very much that idea of a central place for data assets to be discoverable and findable and consumable across a large complex enterprise. And then UNC Health is a great example where people are really investing in data governance, which allows data to be universally understood when it's used. So, so those are you know, just some examples of accessible, trustworthy, fit-for-purpose data. They're also investing uh, in a large scale on consolidating and modernizing applications and data workloads to the cloud and master data management and governance to reduce data friction, right? With the idea of master data governance is all about getting data that's used across the enterprise right the first time so that it's easy to consume later. And it's about reducing data friction. So those are really big places where we see people uh, investing in, in uh, supporting these trends. You know, it's interesting. The, the data is so important because it gives us insights and kind of information that we used to guess at. And this, you know, from a broader consumer's perspective, really opens up the potential for new treatments or improved patient outcomes using, you know, data and analytics. What are some of the ways you see this trend manifesting itself out there? And, and a couple of places uh, that really are making a difference. The first is, is predictive modeling, right? Uh, before COVID, a lot of organizations I would speak to and I would talk about the power of advanced analytics and predictive modeling. And the perspective was, you know, Richard, that's nice. We don't have time for that because you know, we don't even we can't even do basic reporting well. And since COVID, every executive in healthcare and life sciences understands the value of predictive modeling. Right, the census in my ICU for COVID patients a week ago was completely useless. My current census of COVID patients was moderately valuable, but having an accurate prediction of what my census was forecast to be in a week's time, now I could make decisions, right? So a big part of this is really the value of predictive modeling. And that ties into things like precision health, being able to take all of the data we have with genomics information and better target therapies and interventions with precision health. Uh, new data-driven products. If we look at medical device manufacturers, their desire is to go what we refer to as upstream and downstream with data 
from the actual medical device that they sell and implant, right? So example, if we have a pacemaker, being able to use data upstream to identify what's the correct medical device, what's the ideal procedure to use, what's the risk of a, of a infection or readmission after the fact, right? So using all of that preoperative data to do things better for the patient and with better outcomes and lower costs, and then use data downstream that says, hey, what is the context that the patient is in, that the individual is in? Because if my heart rate's 140 and I'm asleep in bed, that's a very different situation than if my heart rate is 140, I'm at, currently at the gym, right? So being able to use that upstream and downstream data from all these other sources, right? The hospital, the clinic, social determinants of health to really do those sorts of things. And that ties into this idea of a pervasive next best action recommendation. Not just you're at risk for a readmission, but what can I actually do now to reduce that risk and mitigate that risk? So really reinventing a lot of what we're doing for these better treatments and better therapies using data. You know, we've, we focused kind of on the, the output end, so to speak. Are you seeing ways that these healthcare and life sciences firms are changing their internal operations now that they have data analytics to help drive business decisions and strategies? We do. And, and it really is around the idea of how do they behave more like an enterprise? How do they break down their internal silos You know, in a life sciences firm between commercial operations, R&D, manufacturing? How do they break down those silos and get more enterprise value? If we look at global firms, how do they actually manage data globally to get more value across the organization and, and realize some of those benefits of merger and acquisition and, and those sorts of things? Uh, we also see, you know, in healthcare, uh, amongst providers, provider burnout is an enormous challenge. And so how can we use data to automate processes and reduce the, the, the workload of data entry and just manual repetitive tasks for providers and their staff? And, and we tend to look and think of, you know, clinical facing things, but even just the administrative tasks, right? How can we use data? reliable, trustworthy, fit-for-use data, and automate things like the claims processing workflows for a payer or pre-authorization, right? So really looking at how can we both improve the consumer experience and reduce costs and improve outcomes by using data and automating in order to do things better, faster, cheaper. You know, you had an interesting comment in the last answer about validity and accuracy. You know, the importance of accuracy, validity, the, the timing of data, it's essential in these industries. How, how can that be improved? Because it, it makes such an important difference. This is where we're seeing a lot of investment and a lot of real tangible value coming from, from the healthcare industry and our customers, right? Timing and latency, there's a wholesale move away from the batch processing of the past to streaming data and APIs to reduce data latency and improve the timeliness of data, right? That, that I can't make better decisions now looking in the rearview mirror from data that was, was five days old or two weeks old. And so how do I get access to more data that's more timely? We've already discussed a little bit on the focus of master data that says, I really need, there's certain things I just have to get right. 
If I don't know who my patients are, who my providers are, what my products are, all of those different things that are so central to doing analytics and to doing good, efficient operations, we need to get that right. We need to invest to get that right once and then make it really simple and easy to consume. And so there's that focus on master data. There's data quality and governance, right? Making sure everybody has a common shared understanding that's unambiguous on what term we're using and what it means and where it came from. And so that role of data quality and governance. And then transparency is essential to trust, right? One of the things that I like to say as an analyst in the past is that transparency is really the key ingredient to trust. I can disagree with your results and still trust you if you're transparent in how you deliver those results. But if you're not transparent, I'm never going to be able to trust you. And so that idea, if we go back to my Anthem example, where they've got the catalog in place, the big role of governance and cataloging is that transparency. I want to be able to know where the data came from, what happened to it, and where it ended up on my dashboard or in my report, so that when an executive asks and says, hey, did you include this in that calculation? How was this arrived at? The answer is definitive. You can answer it factually without the weasel words of, I think, it might, I believe, right? And you answer an executive's question of what does this mean with, I think, essentially you've removed the ability to make a data-driven decision. And so those are really the things that we see people focusing on. Interesting. Yes, the equivocation is not what as executives want to hear. You know, both of these industries, Richard, have very stringent regulatory and compliance frameworks that impact how data is used, stored, and protected. Are there things that we need to consider as data grows and is used by more individuals in these organizations? Absolutely, yes. And, and I think it's interesting. You know, there are existing regulations in life sciences around the Sunshine Act and whatnot. There are existing regulations within, you know, the healthcare market with HIPAA and the appropriate use of data and things like that. And those have always been very important and they become much more challenging in this world of distributed data sources and distributed data consumption, right? There's a universal move towards self-service data and self-service analytics. And that creates a much more stringent requirement that we know what data is, who's allowed to use it, for what purpose, and we put in place systems that allow us to keep track of that. And then again, it comes back to this idea of, hey, a catalog, comes back to the idea of a data marketplace that really enforces this appropriate use of data. What was also interesting, and I mentioned this earlier, the new regulations in healthcare are really designed to make data more accessible to more people, even outside of an organization right? The price transparency. So that's, that, that's really driven. How do we make our healthcare market behave more like a traditional consumer market? Well, being able to see what the price of something is, is a key part of that. And so the regulations around price transparency, the CMS interoperability rule that says health plans are no longer allowed to not share your data with people you tell them to share it with. Right. So the regulations that say you must share it, you must share it in this format. So we're seeing this this obligation to share being driven by regulation. And that creates risk. 
right? The easiest thing to do if I have a patient or a member or a consumer's data that's sensitive or private or confidential, the easiest thing to do is not to share it. Well, when I'm now required to share it, I've really created risk that I need to mitigate through sound data management principles. I have to know what data do I have? Is it sensitive? Am I allowed to share it? And so a lot of things that used to, you know, perhaps not be done internally with as much rigor as they might've been, now really need to have this idea of managing your enterprise data as an asset so that you know with confidence, this data is about this individual and I'm allowed to share it with these people. And when I share it, I can track and audit and do those things. So, so you know, data is central, but protecting the sensitive data that we rely on so much in healthcare and life sciences really is a comprehensive data management challenge. You know, that's just outstanding, I think, input for people and, and certainly helps us understand a thorny problem. Richard, I want to thank you for your time today. Just a, a lot of not only great insight, but really your experience and your knowledge of, of being involved in these projects comes through and it, it really adds a lot. Uh, so I really want to thank you for your time today. Thanks for listening to our episode. Please join us for the other episodes in this series where we'll discuss different vertical markets and their unique demands, along with how one organization is moving forward on their data-driven journey. This is Aaron Goldberg for CIO Marketing Services and our sponsor, Informatica. Thank you for your time, and we hope you enjoy the rest of our podcast series. This series is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast has been produced by IDG Communications, Incorporated, doing business as Foundry, in conjunction with our sponsor, Informatica.